0: go on hey you're the one who wanted this podcast
1: well i fucking forgot about turbo hey hey i want chicken not now coda we're crying over power rangers wait wait wait. coda can talk damn straight and i'm here for two things to tell you don't give up and chicken now pet me how, Coda, you're so sweet. Hey, that's my burrito. It's mine now. So long, suckers. Do a turbo. Ha ha ha. No. Oh, oh, oh. This is Doug Funny Outfit Jay. And I'm a hot space pirate witch ready for action, Ashley. And this is Ranger We're old-time fan of the show Jay, that's me, takes Ashley, a newbie, through the everything canon of Power Rangers. And this includes this stinker, which we are continuing with this podcast. Mainly because we didn't want you to listen to four hours of people talking about Turbo. Then this part felt a little different. Yeah, it really did.
0: Um, so, after the departure of the original Turbo Rangers, minus Justin, the new Ranger team has to deal with the continued attacks of Divatox, with assistance from allies like the Blue Centurion and the Phantom Ranger, shenanigans and Sue, Until the base literally gets blown up at the end of the season.
1: This, this half of the season was so fucking weird.
0: <laughs> I know, so like... Yeah, it felt like a completely different series, but then it was just kind of, everything kind of fell flat and had some really weird episodes in the meantime.
1: Yeah, like, like, the first half of Turbo was just kind of silly and stupid with, like, drag races and soapbox derbies and Justin getting blown up on a bike. But here it's like, you had vampires at one point and, like, uh, an ant episode that was basically about steroids and it's just like what is going on
0: oh my god so yeah it was, but is that like everything happened except character
1: development <laughs> oh yeah like here's this new group of kids no fuck all about them but yeah let's kind of get into those new
0: rangers because we didn't want to talk about them the last episode because we didn't want to drag out talking about turbo any longer than we had to yeah so let's start with our new Pink
1: Ranger, Cassie. Cassie actually starts out very interesting in the fact that, well, one, she has the delusions of being a singer and she can't. And two, she's she's a bit of a coward. Like, TJ and her are on a bus to Angel Grove. Uh, she actually was trying to get to Stone Canyon. And they, like, notice at a gift shop stop because that's how buses work there's like a fire in the distance and everything and teaches like oh i want to go see what's going on i want to help out and cassie's like no i don't want to Ugh. and she just feels like she's being dragged throughout the entire thing before you know agreeing that this is the right thing to do
0: yeah so yeah cassie kind of has to be like convinced to do the right thing initially for the rest of the season she is a power ranger she doesn't really have to be convinced to do the right thing but it was an interesting character moment for her at least kind of when you're developing her as like a new a potential new power ranger uh kind of having her be kind of scared and have to be talked into doing the right thing
1: yeah cassie also gave off really strong lesbian vibes oh yeah like that alternative clothing she wore like i forget i think it was uh parts and parcel i just remember you turning and looking at her and like oh my god that's a fucking lesbian outfit
0: Yeah, because she had, like, a leather jacket, torn jeans, and, like, boots. Singer, had a band, all that stuff. I think she could play guitar as well.
1: She could play guitar.
0: Yeah, and it was also funny the fact that, like, when she first, like, shows up, she talks about wanting to go to Stone Canyon, uh, but ends up in Angel Grove instead.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of like, well, I'm a ranger now, so I'm just going to be in Angel Grove.
0: Yeah, so it's, like, we're not gonna talk about the fact that, like, she kind of just decides that she's gonna go to Angel Grove instead.
1: Like, doesn't she have, like, family in Stone Canyon? Is that mentioned? I think that's mentioned, and it's also very weird that, like, her and her and TJ, who met on this bus, they seem like adults. Because, again, like, they're on a bus, they're striking out on their own and stuff, and then when you cut later to the series, they're, like, going to high school. It's that,
0: it's that kid show syndrome of teenagers are basically adults, Yeah. I guess because, you know, you do it from the perspective of a kid. Like, to, to them, a teenager is basically an adult. And then you become a teenager and you're like, this is not what I expected at all. I am full of hormones. Everything hurts. I hate everything. I expected to look like Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Not a pizza. Yeah. And you noted that she wasn't actually a good singer. And I don't think it was that case. I think she was just very loud the first time that we see her. And not a whole lot of technique.
1: Might have been, you know, and she learned how to sing as the entire thing goes on, of course. But, like, it's so weird, like, we're introduced to her bandmate later on. Right. The Sound of Confusion, I think, was the episode. Yeah. Where they pick back up on her being a singer. Never see that bandmate again or anything. It's just kind of like, she's there, she plays guitar with this other girl, and then they leave.
0: And as most things in Power Rangers, where a character shows up for an episode and then is never to be seen again.
1: And we, we talked a little bit about our relationship with TJ and they're kind of bros for life as soon as they meet. Oh, yeah. It's like they have an instant bromance and it, it's kind of a nice, refreshing thing that they're not, like, shipped together or anything. Uh, particularly after, like, what happened with Tommy and Kat. You know, they didn't just throw, like, another, like, leader and girl relationship like that. They're just like, hey, look at these bros.
0: It was nice to see that, and it reminded me a lot of, like, Tanya and Adam in the previous season. Yeah. And just sort of, like, even though I definitely ship uh, Tanya and Adam, like, yeah, here they just felt like they were really good friends. And I'm glad that they kind of kept that going throughout the series. Mm
1: -hmm. Instead
0: of just being like, oh, they get really close in this first episode, and then they never talk to each other again. Yeah. So, and also, like, she kind of got to be a little snarky, which was cool. Yeah,
1: especially compared to, like, Kat, who was more, like, as I put, pleasant like a woman should be.
0: We should note that's heavy sarcasm there. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, oh, forgot to mention her weird romance with the Phantom
1: Ranger. Yeah, she didn't have a romance with TJ, but that that weird romance thing where she's like, man, I want Phantom Ranger dick. And then it kind of just ends, like, they don't really follow
0: up on that or anything, but... Then again, like, I know that they never reveal, like, who the Phantom Ranger is.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of like, boof, he's gone. Uh, Cassie moves on with her life. Okay, weird.
0: Mm -hmm. And, well, going back to what we were saying initially about uh, Cassie being kind of snarky, she was also kind of like, they kind of did deviate a little bit from the girl formula this season, but kind of making her, like, half- tomboy she was kind of tomboyish but not like full like butch yeah still had some fin tendencies but like not she wasn't like you know they didn't make her like ew girl stuff
1: like i like yeah ew girl stuff or i love all sort all things girl right you know she she was kind of a nice medium in between and i think with a like a better writing team she would have been a more fleshed out character right also has a sweet dog we'll get into that later
0: oh jetson oh jetson Okay, so, well, speaking of girl, we have our other, um, girl on the team of Ashley Hammond. So, when we first see her, she's a cheerleader for the soccer team? That's a thing. Yeah, that was so weird.
1: That's a thing. Cheerleaders for soccer teams.
0: Yeah, and so she's kind of, like, the, she's the girly girl of the season, which I guess is a nice comparison to, like, how it's usually the Pink Ranger is the girly girl in the past, but this time it's the yellow one. But, yeah, she's the girly girl into fashion, um... She flirts with Carlos the first time that like they're seen together, which is actually a couple of episodes before the Ranger transition.
1: Yeah, I love when we first saw that episode. We're like, oh, they fucking, oh, they fucking. Like, like, like all things later aside, um, you know, they end up friends and all that. But I believe Carlos and a- and Ashley did like at least make
0: out. Yeah. So as we noticed, there was, like, in the case of, like, stuff being mentioned in one episode then never mentioned again is, like, Ashley being, like, a seamstress.
1: Yeah, they had, it was, like, the first episode with those rangers, too. It was her, like, being in a um, home ec class or a fashion class and was doing, you know, fashion stuff and making outfits. And it's, like, it's never brought up again.
0: Yeah, and it's this whole weird-ass plot of, like one of the one of diva Tox's hired monsters like getting this jacket pattern from ashley and like cursing the entire town to like want this jacket and then like <laughs> it makes them all assholes it does I, and i think they, they wrote this around because like the the blue centurion and the sentai footage is wearing like this weird
1: plaid like jacket and is like being evil
0: yeah, so they, I think they had to write around. It's that classic centrum on Power Rangers of something weird having to be written around. Yeah. But interestingly enough, she actually has have an episode where she learns to work on cars. Because she wants to show her dad what for. and Because like, her dad's being a sexist douche.
1: We don't even see her dad being a sexist douche. We just hear it from her. Yeah. It's like, oh, dad doesn't think I can work on cars. So I'm going to learn how to work on cars despite him.
0: Yeah, and then, like, it actually comes back for another episode instead of just being, like, mentioned and then dropped.
1: Yeah. I, I think, like, an, like a couple episodes, cause she ends up uh, fixing, um, one of, like, whatever Justin's neat car is. Whatever the fuck that was. Right. Blue Thunder, whatever.
0: Um, I will look it up for the show notes then.
1: But She ends up fixing it, and she fixes up, uh, the, the dude's car she's flirting with against Cassie.
0: Oh God, that fucking episode the fucking episode was was so stupid yeah and it's like why are you fighting one why are you fighting over a guy and then two like why are you fighting over this guy who's like yeah
1: such a generic 90s white dude a little step below that too i mean he was so bland and so uninteresting i'm like really that's it that's who you're fighting over yeah and then like and classic TV, like,
0: teenage TV show trope fashion, as soon as they introduce a third girl into the mix, like, it's like, oh, she's gonna, like, this third girl that we've never seen before, but the Rangers apparently know, because that happens so much in this fucking series. As soon as, like, the third girl got introduced, and, I was, and she started kind of talking to the other guy, and they were a little shy around each other, it's like, oh, he's gonna ask her out instead.
1: Yeah, it was
0: so bad. Both of them lose, and that's how they learn fighting over boys is stupid.
1: And Justin takes them to the dance instead. Uh, that's... Because because Carlos and TJ had dates. Where? <laughs> yeah, like, you never met their dates or anything. They're just like, oh, sorry, we have dates for the dance. I'm like, where's your dates? And Justin's like, I'm too young to go to dances, but sure. Okay, then. Uh, one of the things I would like to note about Ashley was she was more femme than Cassie, but she wasn't, like ultra fam, like the girls that came before her. Yeah, so she wasn't like,
0: girl, or we need to have another girl on the team. Like, it was, I feel like there was a better place to kind of develop, her, like, her as a, sep- well, they barely develop anybody as a character, but there was definitely a better spot for her.
1: Yeah, it felt like her and Cassie were at the beginning of Power Rangers Riders, just being like, oh, women are people with varied interests and tastes instead of, like, up until that point, the best we had was Kimberly, and that is because she had just had such a long tenure. Yeah, so it's like, it's one of
0: those things I don't think, like, people start realize they should start developing women as characters until, like, the late 90s. This is about 97, right? 97,
1: 98, yeah.
0: Yeah, this would have been around the time Buffy the Vampire Slayer started. Ooh, that... And th- it's around then... <laughs> That people started, like, there was a kind of a trend in, like, writing women. It's like, you had to write the strong female character. And for better or worse, that started its own tropes. But I'm just like, wait a second. They start actually writing women as people? What also happened in 1997, where, like, other, like, science fiction television show writers realized you had to start writing women as people? Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
1: Yeah, and... It's been such a turn from, like, the last two women rangers who, again, we don't hate Kat. We hate how she was written. Mm-hmm. She she was just written to be, like, that perfect embodiment of a woman. Like, it was almost like a fetish that you were looking at. Except it wasn't, like, how the artist knew how to intricately draw feet on a person. It was more like, this is what you really want in a woman. Yeah. Ugh. And yeah, and Tanya had nothing, so, you yeah. know, she, she was barely a character, so it was just kind of like, yeah, the, you went from that, yeah, to, to like, oh, these, these, they're starting to bud. Yeah, it's
0: unfortunately the Yellow Rangers for the first several years of Power Rangers didn't really get much character development. Poor Torini, Aisha fared okay.
1: Yeah, again, to, to tenure, I think, is why Aisha, yeah. Aisha fared okay. Yeah.
0: And then Tanya got fuck all and cassie got a, a crumb of character development
1: and so did ashley
0: uh yeah that's what i meant ashley
1: fuck yeah and, and that was another thing too is like switching the dynamic of having to really girly girl be ash be the yellow ranger
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh even in and even though it was just like it was kind of like oh well we should we should have her work on cars and stuff like that and kind of hit that sp- spike kind of fuels her and stuff and it was it was just kind of interesting of uh, just that inkling made them so much better than the than the the writing they were doing with the women for Zio and, and the first half of Turbo. Shocking. Shocking. And we'll see how that goes within space. Okay. Uh but now now we're going with the second half of Justin's character development. Uh one of the things is uh he actually becomes less of their child basically like the first rangers like treated him as their child like they were trying to raise and shit and it was annoying even like there's even an episode where his father shows up for his birthday so it's like he has a parent you don't have to be his parent um whereas the rain the second half rangers um they all treat him more like a kid brother. Yeah, I noticed that in, like, an episode, the vampire
0: episode with Carlos, was Carlos was kind of teasing him Yeah, a little bit after, like, you know, after they saw the movie, and then, like, when he goes walking through the park, he thinks Justin is trying to scare him. Yeah. So, like, he you kind know, of becomes more like a kid brother, and I guess that transition
1: comes with the fact that, like, you have rangers that are
0: still in high school.
1: Yeah. Uh it, it, I think it also, like, helps that you also see him uh, be more of a child displaced with a bunch of teenagers uh like because like there's actually an episode where like i think carlos takes him to the park and it's like maybe you would be interested in soccer and uh justin gives it a shot and makes friends including rico's like a reoccurring character up until like uh the fan of ranger point yeah they have a mini arc and it's like you actually see him being like having arcs where he's a displaced kid in high school
0: yeah and i feel like the rain these rangers recognize like him being more of a kid mm-hmm. and not in the sense of like oh you're a kid so therefore we kind of have to look out like they are looking out for him but not in the sense of like trying to be his surrogate parents yeah though like they're in, in the one case where they do kind of have to give him the very special episode talk is kind of the weird like steroid episode as we
1: labeled it yeah it, it was kind of like don't do steroids kids but it, instead it was like a radioactive ant bite
0: mm-hmm.
1: from like an ant that that was sprayed by something Bulk and Skull had when they were exterminators. Yeah. <laughs> it was very weird and very stanley ish
0: Yeah, and so, like, because it's a whole episode where he's trying out for the track team, and he wants to be better at track. So, like, he gets really obsessed with the fact that he has these superpowers, and, like, everybody on the track team loves him, but the other Rangers kind of have to gently talk him into the fact that, like, you know, these won't be your stats. They're going to be based... Like, that's not actually you doing everything. It's the, like, superpowers. Mixed with, like, you can't morph anymore. Is this supposed to be, like, a thing of, Like, it, it felt like kind of that ham-fisted way that the weird... The, the terrible, like, eating disorder episode from the first half of the series was like... Yeah. Though towards the end of the series, like, he kind of actually ends up getting a lot of kind of emotional character growth. Very... Very quickly,
1: but it, it, yeah, he does.
0: You know, his dad comes back to Angel Grove. And he comes back to Angel Grove because he gets a new job, but then, like, three episodes later, he's interviewing for another job, which makes no sense.
1: And it was just showed that he was just a kid wanting his dad, particularly after his family did fall apart. Like, his his mother is dead. Like, they he had to go through his mother dying, so does his father, and everything came up. Like, at the end, it's like, well, I got this new job, but I'm not going to it's gonna make us move so i'm not gonna go and put you through that if you don't want to and justin kind of goes mainly because of his ranger duties and all that he's like well i don't want you to take this job and then it kind of has this weird arc right to a point of he actually accepts his death when they storm the base yeah and he's just talking with carlos and he's like carlos is like you have a good dad and justin's like yeah you know i'd do anything for him
0: yeah, I think that is the moment where he decides that he's gonna, that maybe he shouldn't no longer be a ranger. And But he makes that decision, like, at the, at the Nasada base. Yeah. Where the rest of the rangers are about to head into space and he decides that he's gonna stay behind.
1: And then they figure out why he stayed behind, too. He didn't say outright of why he's staying behind, but, like, they figured it, the rangers figured it out.
0: Yeah, I mean, because he he's next to somebody who doesn't know he's a Power Ranger, so he had to like speak in code about staying behind. Mm-hmm. But TJ just accepts it and tells him that he's doing the right thing. Yeah. So, and we mentioned Carlos, so let's talk to Carl let's talk about Carlos, who continuing the Green Ranger tradition of having the Wrath of the Costume Department.
1: That one Doug funny outfit. And it was like Kurt was watching with us and he's like, he's dressed as doug from like the nickelodeon show yeah and not even for one episode the outfit comes back like two or three times eventually they let him like not have the wet hair look but for the longest time he had a wet hair look um which did not look good on him he kept on wearing this weird peacock shirt that just didn't flatter him ugh poor it was yeah, it was real bad, you guys. It was like, who did you piss off in the costume department?
0: And then when we first see Carlos, he's kind of like a hot, he's a hotshot soccer player who doesn't really believe
1: in teamwork. And like that's the that's the special episode is, is is um Adam teaching him about teamwork. And like part and also part of the thing that
0: teaches him about teamwork is Ashley not being impressed by the fact that he's like not cooperating with other players.
1: It's like, I don't want to fuck you now, bitch. Huh. The weirdest
0: episode with Carlos, though, is, like, he gets turned into a vampire in one episode.
1: Yeah, that's, it's so fucking weird. <laughs> like, like yeah, it's like they go, it's like Bulk and Skull, like, are making money, showing off movies at the youth center. And Carlos goes home, and it was basically, like, a lunar bat that are infecting, like, Divatox's base she catched and turned into a vampire bat. Goes down, bites Carlos, and all of a sudden he's a fucking vampire.
0: Like, red eyes, dressed like Blade, uh, even turns into a bat at one point, and that fucking effect is <laughs> hilarious. That bat on a string? Yeah, it's just like this like, plush bat on a string, and like everybody on is like, oh. oh no, this is terrifying. Like, they had to react to it like, oh my god and oh god it was so bad and like my of course my reaction was just screaming bat like matt matt berry and fucking uh what we do in the
1: shadows
0: (laughs) oh my god Though the real very special episode about um carlos was like the episode where he kind of was gaslighted about like an accident that happened on his soccer team
1: yeah that was so weird it was like this like he was like In a rivalry with a dude that was, like, his childhood friend, and they kind of turned bitter rivals, and then, like, they were, like, playing, like, in practice, and the dude basically sprained his leg and everything, and because they were both gunning for the same position on the team, which was team captain, like, there was, was this whole gaslighting situation with it.
0: Yeah, so they were just basically like, oh, Carlos took him out on purpose because he wanted to be the captain of the soccer team, where it's very clear Carlos didn't get anywhere near him. Yeah. And, like, the dude at the very end of the episode admits that he just wanted to blame somebody for, like, a stupid mistake that happened to him.
1: And and even, like, Carlos quits the soccer team, too.
0: Yeah, so it's it's not until Carlos quits the soccer team that, like, Uh, the dude's like, "Oh yeah, I you didn't hit me at all. I was just mad and wanted to blame somebody." I was like, "What
1: the fuck?" And then like you kind of suspected that the other dude just wanted the soccer captain position, was just trying to go like Carlos into quitting so he could take it. Yeah. Then felt bad.
0: Yeah. So and Carlos kind of out of everybody. I mean, everybody kind of got the short end of the stick for character development in the second half of the season. But, like, Carlos especially, because he's just sort of soccer player guy.
1: Yeah, there's there's not much to him. Uh, he's still more useful than Rocky. We didn't hate Carlos being there. We, he was just like, we were just kind of like, oh, poor baby, you could have been written better.
0: Yeah. Um. So I guess we'll move on to our leader of this part of the season with, Uh, uh I guess his full name is, Theodore J. Jarvis Johnson, a.k.a. TJ.
1: Selwyn Ward, first, first black, black leader of the, the Power Rangers. Power Rangers. <laughs> Poor black co- uh, nerd comedy like that taunting him for the rest of his fucking life. It's like a 10 years ago that episode happened,
0: that, like, that video happened. And it's it just, like, it's, just, it's so catchy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, the thing about Tommy is that you noted that he's very much, like, we hate using Harry Potter metaphors, but he's a very, very much a Gryffindor.
1: Yeah, TJ was so much a Gryffindor. Like as soon as he like went off the ca- like went off to go save Tommy because Cat was like, "Oh man, my friend's in danger." I went Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah, like he just he just wants to do the right thing so bad. Like he he don't care. He's just gonna blast in the things and. Uh, He was the only one that made sense to switch because he was one of the people, like, everyone else was like, what? Like, Cassie was kind of cowardly when you first met her. Carlos was like, had a rapport with Adam, but like, when you first saw him, he was being like, dumb hotshot. So it's like, okay, he may have learned his lesson. Uh, Ashley did not talk with Tanya at all. Yeah. She was just kind of there and... There's TJ who saved Tommy's life. Yeah. With the help of Cassie. Yeah. But again, he saved Tommy's life. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, he definitely was the one that made sense the most to kind of become, you know, a Power Ranger. Uh, And now when you first see him, he talks about going to Angel Grove to become a baseball player. That kind of goes away for a bit and then comes back for one episode where he has a weird rivalry with a guy on another team because he can't hit the curveball that he
1: throws it was kind of gay it was. it was it was a little bit of like gay mixed with like are you guys an official team or are you just a bunch of guys that meet up like there there was no coach or anything there they had no scorekeeper or anything and it was just like it just felt like two like a bunch of these kids that made up that could form two two baseball teams that's okay okay and it kind of ended with the guy kind of letting up, teaching TJ how to hit the curveball, and then later the rest of the team how to hit the curveball, and it was all about, like, friendship and shit. It only comes around to that after
0: the guy almost dies, and TJ sh- saves his life.
1: Yeah, so weird. Like, why are you guys biking near, like, a cliff area? <sighs> power Rangers. It was. It's quick to note that TJ is, you know, uh, later established to be a high schooler and everything, and he wanted to be a Power Ranger since he was a kid. It's a little weird thing that I I don't think they thought this through enough. They were just trying to be like, they were just setting up the next ranger dude. Instead of thinking how long Mighty Morphin's been around, it's like he wouldn't have been a little kid with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. He would have been in middle school. Right. Going back to something like Zordon hinted at and everything is like, there have been Power Rangers before, and may not have been in Angel Grove, but in but in other places. And he is from another place, so, um, so yeah, like his area probably had a Power Ranger team. Yeah,
0: yeah, and like especially they do a like This it is sort of retconned later in canon, especially that there are past Rangers, especially in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comics. And um, I guess you could also count... Wild Rest Rangers counts towards that. Uh, but also, I think you could kind of... If you look at the 2017 movie, they do talk about the fact that there was a past Power Rangers team from the Cenozoic era.
1: Yeah, like, there's always been hints... Zordon also, I think, says it as a throwaway line. Like, to Alpha, it's like, we're gonna do what we normally do, is get teenagers, basically. So yeah, I think there's especially... There's
0: precedent in the series for, like, other Ranger teams existing before Mighty Morphin.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't think the writers are that clever. No, so it's not,
0: yeah, it's, like, it's not until there's better writers that come along in the more recent era of Power Rangers that it really becomes established canon that, yes, there were Power Rangers teams before the first Mighty Morphin Power Rangers.
1: Because... More recently, they're like, we should have a canon Bible, guys, and canon pickers. We're almost a 25-year-old franchise. <laughs> yes,
0: it's, it's wild how this was like, canon, what's that? For like, 25 years.
1: Like, years! It's just like, they would just... Th- and we're gonna get through this on and on in other episodes, but it's just like, they would throw out canon to the wind until... Very recently with the comics and Beast Morphers. Right. And a little bit at the end of Ninja Steel. Right. But it, it just, they just didn't, they, there was like no continuity pickers or anything to really like establish these are things in Power Rangers canon. it just, it's led to weird fan theories. But that's something else we can go into later. The The other things about TJ, again, like a lot of these characters got so short in the staff. Uh, well, short in the stick. We'll get to it later. Uh, he was warmly welcomed Cassie despite kind of the bus wanting her to shut up he still like went out of his way to be warm and welcoming to her so that shows like a bit of his personality that he's an extrovert Mm -hmm. he's into making friends and he's also a little snarky too but he's not mean yeah TJ's just all around wholesome boy he's all around wholesome boy again we'll get into this later but it's just kind of sad like just how they were given new characters and just didn't do anything with them yeah speaking of a character we didn't really go into the first half of our podcast with turbo but we kind of do it a little bit more here because he's a little bit more used here is blue centurion the fucking cop yeah Ugh, that guy we don't like cops so we automatically hated him
0: yeah um so he does show up in the first part of the series um intermittently because he brings the millennium message yeah uh which is like a um, you know message from the future where like uh there's basically an axis of evil situation happening
1: and basically look at all these people they're destroying the world and what stops them we don't see what stops them but it's kind of hinted at it's a power ranger team well,
0: obviously duh but yeah it was that that was such a late 90s thing of just being like oh the millennium the new millennium's coming we have to like
1: Prepare for it. That brought me back. Like, the Millennium Message. I'm like, why would they? Oh, yeah, it's 97 at that point. We're making a big deal about the Millennium Shift going on.
0: Yeah. And, like, that would be a thing for several years until about 2000. And especially, like, Y2K compliance was, like, the news item for, like, all of
1: 1999. Yeah. Just, like, the fact that, like, we're going into the new Millennium and it's going to be dark and horrible. But here's this light of probably Power Rangers. Yeah. But again, like we said, like, Blue Centauron is more used second half of the season. One of the main things was he saved the rangers from being baked in a pizza. Why'd they get baked into a pizza? They already got baked into the pizza, but yeah, why did he get baked into the pizza? <laughs> he, he saved them out on the pizza, and, it, oh, that was such a weird fucking episode. He goes evil twice, and, ba- like, one of the, like, Kurt was like, oh, look, he's turned into a real cop. <laughs> okay, I will say, like,
0: one of the times he turned evil was the was basically like they did with Oric in the previous season where he's like the rangers are the ones that are really evil and you need to stop them so it's three times oh my god i forget it's
1: like three times because there is that when yeah he first shows up the stupid jacket episode and then like another episode where like he gets not brainwashed but like because he's a robot yeah i forget the context but they basically fucked with his programming and turned him evil Oh, no, 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 it was the Wish episode, it was the Wish yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, Divatox made the Wish, which was such a stupid arc, because uh, we won't go fully into that till later, but uh, Divatox makes the Wish that she wants the Blue Centurion evil, and he just turns evil.
0: Oh, God. yeah, it was just... Mm.
1: And the Wish is so powerful that even when they defeated the monster, they had to go find the other, the last coin empowered with Wish powers to grant the Wish that the Blue Centurion was good. Yeah. And this is like
0: just—it's—it's just, it's setting up that Justin's making this great self-sacrifice because he had wished that his dad would like come back.
1: Doesn't matter; his dad comes back at the end of the episode.
0: So whatever. So yeah, it was like he was just sort of the Deus Ex Machina, like not to not to make a pun there of literally being a, a machine. But, like, he's basically there to help the rangers solve problems or he'll help team up, like, come out of nowhere and help them team up against a monster. Yeah, he just doesn't really do much besides just, you know, swoop in to save the Power Rangers every so often.
1: And, like, help old ladies across the street before turning evil. And then the old ladies, like, hit him with, like, a bag because an uh, insect buzzed near him and it shorted his circuits. Yeah. Cool. Cool. He, his main ending bet is he went off to Altar in the end because there was a distress signal with Zordon and he and Demetria Dimitri, go off to Altar. Justin gives him his lucky coin and very randomly like, here Blue Centurion, take my lucky coin. And Blue Centurion's like, okay! And then it's, that coin never comes up. He basically shows up in in space randomly fighting monsters and getting his ass kicked, so... That's it. Uh, but also the thing is, like, did, did him and Justin ever really interact? Yeah,
0: it was just kind of weird. Like, here's my coin. Like, it, it, I didn't know you were on that level with the blue centurion, Justin. What the fuck? So the next also kind of random character that shows up mostly just to help the Power Rangers out of jams is the Phantom Ranger.
1: He's extremely powerful and mysterious. Yeah, it's sort of weird that he just, he's just kind
0: of there. We can not say, though, Cassie really wanted that Phantom Ranger dick
1: oh yeah she was like daydreaming about him and shit it's like i want that dick like why you don't even see his face it's the mystery of it we can't say he was selfless like he sacrificed his life to save cassie and all that but yeah he was just kind of there he was tuxedo mask except he did stuff
0: yeah and there's nothing really satisfying about his conclusion like he like nearly dies because he like loses his like energy gem there's energy ruby or whatever they called it uh it gets taken by like diva toxin crew and like he almost dies but he recover he gets better after they
1: recover it and then they never really touch on who he is ever he just leaves and never comes back and is only shown again fighting the forces of evil and in space and nothing more great cool um, and as you know, as we
0: you noted, there are a lot of fan theories about who as to who he is. But ultimately, yeah, just there's there's nothing, and like you can't even take canon speculation. It's like there's a lot of canon speculation. There's a lot of like writers who have said what they would do. But not really anything conclusive. Like I know, I know Chip Lynn basically said that like if he had gotten if he had gotten the chance, he would have made it Billy. With with like that would explain his limited Ranger powers. But uh, again, a writer on the show saying what they would do is not actual canon.
1: Yeah, we don't know where the Phantom Ranger is, and whatever. So moving on, uh, we also
0: have Demetria in Alpha Six, which we actually do see less of at this part of the season, thank God.
1: Yeah, mostly the mentor goes to Lieutenant Stone or Jerome now, as he is. Yeah, and so also Demetria stops talking in riddles.
0: I don't know if it's a case of like, oh, people aren't reacting to this well, we're going to stop doing that if they just ran out of riddles for her to say.
1: Regardless, think fuck.
0: Yeah uh alpha six still needs to be yeeted like he's still obnoxious even though they've turned down his obnoxiousness a little
1: bit yeah i mean he's still like god he's so offensive yeah i think he's just offensive because he's so stupid yeah one you did the friendly hip-hop thing but you you didn't really research how aave is right and you just are like we just slaps. it's how a lot of people look at AAVE. Where it's like, you just slap slang words and stuff. Like, I, I've i picked up on it because I work in the hospitality industry. You're gonna learn a little bit of Spanish and a little bit of AAVE mm-hmm. to communicate to co-workers. Flat out. And it just felt like, oh, these are the, the hip, cool jive words at the time type situation. Right. Oh, just everything about them. Just yeet. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and then
0: at the end of the season, like uh demetria li- leaves with blue centurion to go to eltar and help zordon and then you said that she is apparently never seen again she just
1: if she does she's it's like this brief cameo but yeah she just goes Poof! gone bye yeah great you're were, you were completely useless
0: utterly utterly useless useless fishbowl lady
1: like you you just kind of rushed into our lives did nothing and rushed out as quickly yeah but i guess you know she's the first
0: like female mentor of the power Rangers. so girl power girl
1: power uh, there, there was also like like we said like no satisfying conclusion with the whole like demotox thread either yeah thanks guys like
0: what made them stop that i i have to wonder yeah like why'd you stop like because that, that would have been interesting. Something that you could actually do with, like, Demetria is, like, have, like, the conflicting notions of what happens when you find out your sister is evil. Like, they did this in Tin Man. But not fucking Power Rangers. <sighs> but anyway. Vulcan Skull. Oh. Vulcan Skull. So, at least the good news in this part of the season is that, like, um they, after they get... After their chimps, they get turned invisible for like two episodes, and then they're humans again. Um, so yeah, we do actually get to see Bulk and Skull, but
1: they somehow got dumber. Like they, this is reverted to season one intelligence mm-hmm. without the malicious bully part. And it's it's been a recent interview with uh, with Shout Factory with Toku Shoutsu, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, with uh, Doctor Jason Narvi. We are giving him his full credit there he did work hard in his phd Mm -hmm. but i love what he said about when he came back to samurai and everything he just kind of was like how did these idiots survive to adulthood yeah like
0: i don't get it either is that like especially in this like season because in the second half of turbo they basically jump from job to job just because like they're they, they are trying to look for work but they're not very good at anything they do so they get fired after like one episode yeah so they were kind of just, like, bumbling through adulthood. And at one point, they even get hired to be, like, fire watch guards at, like, a local, like, national park. And they fail spectacularly at that because they're just reading comics the entire time. And they're like, huh, is something on fire? Nah. And then they get caught. And then, yeah, they are. How are they not dead? How are they not dead? <laughs> they not dead? Uh, also note they were reading Big Bad Beetle Boards comics. So, is, like, the implication there, like, they're in the same universe as Big Bad Beetleborgs? Because, like, there's supposed to be, like, because you said that the Big Bad Beetleborgs were originally comic book heroes, right? Yes. So, that's
1: what I'm wondering, like, is there a connection there? What's going on? Yeah. Or uh, is it just a fun little shout out? Who knows? Who knows? But, yeah, yeah, it's like, they're just bumbling. But, like we said, uh, there is a point where Skull is in drag again. He does an old lady look. Yeah. Drag queens don't need intelligence, as we know.
0: Yep. So, and they were definitely a millennial mood of just kind of, like,
1: bouncing around from odd job to odd job, just trying to, like... Just trying to survive on gigs and shit. I'm like, oh my god, they predicted how millennials would be. Yeah. Now, I will say that the last episode we see them this season, uh,
0: which uh is uh, Parts and Parcel, which we did mention briefly before, is actually a weirdly sweet episode, because uh, it revolves around Bulk and Skull uh, finding a job that actually does work for them, being, like, uh package deliverers. But uh they get accused of stealing packages mm-hmm. uh by their boss, who's going to, like, not only fire them, but have them arrested. Even though, like, I don't think he can legally do that if he doesn't actually have proof that, like, they're stealing.
1: Yeah, he had no proof. He just... Thought they were. It's like you can legally fire them, sadly, but you can't arrest them. I mean, I'm sure that the cops can
0: come and maybe arrest them, but they can't hold them if they don't have any proof that like they did anything. Yeah. Any, but it's a sweet episode because you see Bulk and Skull working with TJ and the Power Rangers to try and figure out like how, like basically, figure out who's actually stealing the packages. Yeah. Skull gets really into it by being, like, as you noted, a horny old Monty Python lady. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh my god. Yeah, and then at the end of the episode, like, the Power Rangers, like, clear Bulk and Skull's names. TJ actually tells Bulk that he's a good person.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of, it's very sweet. They are gonna return again, but it just kind of was like, Parts and parcel was kind of the good stuff. Episode, I thought, because it it also brought back the intelligence that Bulk and Skull have grown over the years. It right. was like how Bulk and Skull should have been at the beginning of the season and all that. Instead of like now they're dumber than before, and it's like and they went through all that growth and all that tutorage and everything, and now it's like holy shit.
0: Yeah, because it what Kurt made the joke that being monkeys somehow made them dumber.
1: Yeah, and I I'm kind of sticking to that canon, uh, head canon. There is like being monkeys just affected their intelligence because they were monkeys for so long. Yeah,
0: because it's just like it felt like a re- like it wasn't a complete reset to season one, but it just it felt so much like a reset for season one. And I don't even understand why they were invisible for two episodes.
1: Yeah, that was really weird. Like, couldn't you just turn them back into humans? But ah, whatever. We're back to David yes. talks our our shining light, yeah. She starts becoming more world domination bent.
0: Yeah. So she gets her space base from her um, brother General Havoc and decides that she she maybe taking over the world is worth it. Yeah. And then her team t- uh, ends up actually capturing one of the like some of the Zords and starts reverse
1: engineering to make their own Zords. Yeah. It's it's kind of interesting, including like how the Phantom Ranger works too. It was all very interesting. Like. There is some plot to it.
0: Yeah. So, like, yeah, there's some plot there and, like, actual stakes involved. And um, as we mentioned in the previous episode, so Hillary Shepard Turner actually comes back, like, just a couple of episodes after the Ranger team changeover. Yeah. And I noticed a lot that, like, there's not really much of a difference between her and Carol. And I think, like, Carol, like, she ended up playing a lot off of Carol Hoyt's um, performance as Diva Talks. Yeah. I was still saying, she's still campy and fun as fuck. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and then, like, the second part of the season, she ends up getting a flying car. <laughs> yeah,
1: just randomly wants a flying car, and she gets it, and it's amazing.
0: Viva La Diva! Viva La Diva! Yeah, just full Wacky Racers bullshit. It's great.
1: And then, like, we'll get to this uh in in a bit, but, like, she actually is the one to destroy the base, destroy the ranger powers... Uh, something no villain has done before. Not even the Machine Empire who had an army. Like, she did it. Yeah, like, Rita and Zed came close, but they didn't really destroy the
0: base because they had a backup, I guess. But, like, here, it's gone, gone.
1: It's gone, gone. The ranger powers go away. Everything. Like, damn.
0: Yeah, Diva Talks succeeds
1: where no one else could. Uh, it almost gets into the world domination bit, but the cliffhanger is, like, there is basically a flame message sent to her uh, that said like you're needed immediately and she's like well I'm taking over the world so fuck you mm-hmm. and like no you gotta go to Eltar because Zordon is captured and Dark Spectre wants you so we have this whole build up that there's something that these evil forces like listen to cause here's Diva Tox who's over the top doesn't give a shit wants to blow up children you know evil as can be and she's like oh, fuck, I'm scared of this dude if I don't follow his rules.
0: Yeah, so she's like, oh, okay, I'm coming. Uh, I'll come back to Earth later to
1: take it over. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Uh, The only, like, really growth that we will note with her team, because they really haven't grown much, was Elgar. Uh, And it was at the very end. He actually leads the charge to blow up the command center. He shatters the plasma tube. So Zordon and, yeah, Dimitri can't come back. And, yeah. So what the fuck?
0: Like, he ends up in the very end, while he was stupider than Goldar, somehow managed it,
1: it to be more useful than Goldar. Like, what the shit happened? Like, oh, we'll get into that. And we'll get into, like, I think more of, like, the episode that showed a lot of how weird those characters were uh, when we get the odds and ends with pizza. Right. Yeah, then there was gentle havoc, not to be confused with, Davey Havoc or Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, he
0: only shows up for, like, a couple of episodes, but he ends up being fairly significant because he, like, he's the one who steals the Zords and, like, creates the space base for Divatox. Mm -hmm. And it's
1: kind of a mechanical genius. He just kind of shows up, uh, does his thing, and then he just kind of leaves, uh, just noticing, like, Hey, Divatox, if you need me, give me a call. Bye. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because, like, he is Divatox's
0: brother, But he's not Elgar's father because Elgar calls him uncle. So like, yeah. So there is a third or four. There, there are there are more siblings out
1: there related to Divatox that spawned Elgar somehow. Yeah, somehow Elgar was spawned. Ugh, I won't think about that.
0: Don't. But yeah I mean that's it for characters so I guess kind of in our odds and ends um our our first thing we want to go over is why these guys yeah so like there's like as we mentioned before we were talking about TJ and the rest of the team is like it doesn't really make sense for most of these guys to kind of be picked to be Power Rangers because they just they barely interacted with the Rangers themselves like, if they had started this towards the beginning of the season um, with introducing these characters and slowly establishing them and then establishing that, oh, the Rangers are going to need to pick successors. Yeah. Like, that would have made sense. But, like, here there is, like, no buildup. Like, it makes sense for TJ to be picked because he actually goes through the trouble to save Tommy. But other than that,
1: it's like, what? Huh? What? Huh? Who are who the fuck are these people? Yeah. Also, Justin, do you want to still be a Power Ranger? Do you want to escape being a Power Ranger? Blink twice for yes. Yeah. It feels like the entire Ranger team is thrown
0: together. Like they automatically become best friends because they're Power Rangers. But like Ka- Ashley and Cassie, especially, kind of get tossed together because they're girls. Uh, which is this is such a fucking
1: syndrome in Power Rangers. Yeah. There, there was no real build. Like you could have like surmise that time passed uh, and they got settled and everything, but you know there was nothing to suggest time passing. Yeah, so it's just kind of like everyone's starting to get her, particularly Ashley and like, Cassie. We're best friends suddenly. I'm like, you just met each other. Yeah, so then it's just like, oh, we're e-
0: we're each other's best friends, and it's like, I would like to have seen like you when you guys got to know each other better. Again, if they had started this at the, like, towards the beginning of the season after the Rangers graduated and, like, slowly built up to this team transition,
1: I would not have minded. But they didn't do that at all. Shit, even Justin being a transition there, like, yeah, you will have your dumb kid character, but at least, like, have Rocky feel like he really selected him and really gave thought instead of, like, well, fuck it, you were just around. Yeah, you were the first person I saw, like, you're the first person in my line
0: of sight. When, like, I got told I need to give up my Blue my blue Ranger powers. <laughs> That's basically how it felt. <sighs> As we said with Ashley and
1: Carlos, it's like, oh, they fucking. They fucking. They had, they had chemistry right off the bat. And like I said, it's like, they, they're not in game, but it like, they not in-game, but, like, they fucked. Yeah, or at least
0: made out, like you said. Like, it just sort of, it, it, it's weird that they set this up and then it kind of peters off.
1: It just peters. Like, they, they set off this, like... Hot jock and hot cheerleader romance, and then, and not only peters off. They kind of have a mean spirited episode in in space about it, because they like, they basically like, they just sink the ship entirely just to make room for space legolas. I don't hate andros; he's just space legolas, right?
0: Um, I would say probably our favorite episode this season, besides the weird vampire one, because we just like that because it was stupid. Or at least I like that because it was stupid. It was great. Yeah, uh, we loved the dog. The episode with the dog. It was um, what was the name of that
1: episode? Um, uh, Cassie's best friend.
0: Yeah. So that entire episode was basically they introduced Cassie having a dog, which has never happened before, mentioned before, never mentioned again because it's Power Rangers. Yeah. But she has this dog, and like there was. It involved this monster that they just, he just kept saying "goo" a lot. He was Mr. Gurific. Gurific, yeah. And there's just a lot of like goo puns that were somehow dirtier than than TJ at one point saying, "We're gonna toss your salad." <laughs> <laughs> uh, like everything he said, like everything that came out of Mr. Goo Master's mouth or, or whatever, was just like, "Ew,
1: stop! No, stop talking, please. Stop, Ugh. But the good news was, like, you see, Cassie's dog, which was this golden retriever named Jetson, gets hit by the goo and turns into this human that knows he's a dog. Yeah, he calls himself Jethro. And yeah, he's he's aware
0: of the fact that he is a dog, and like, he's really concerned about Cassie.
1: Helps her try to find him, essentially.
0: Yeah, communicates with other dogs. So funny. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't know who the actor who played him. There was a lot of like, there was a couple of plot lines this season involving like human, like monsters turning into humans. Yeah. And there's that one weird villain that was basically just drop dead Fred. Yeah. Just... And we forgot to talk about him, but that episode was just real. that wasn't a weird episode amongst all of these weird episodes.
1: Wasn't that like the, the Song of Confusion episode?
0: No, but that was also a weird episode. Yeah, this one was just particularly sweet, and, like, the, guy, the actor who was playing, like, Jethro, was just, like, he he does this really good job of being kind of this dopey, like, stoner dude who just really wants to, like, be nice to Cassie. Yes, and happy to finally get a burger. Yeah, and Cassie at the end kind of suspects and figures out that it was, like, Jethro was Jetson all along. It kind of, because, yeah, it was weird, because they kind of, like, it happens off screen. Like, Cassie doesn't find it, doesn't see the transformation. She just figures out uh, Jetson is missing. And then, like, he, his whole thing is, like, he starts turning back into a dog. Yeah. And he's like, I have to, I have to go away, like, now. So I hope you find your dog. So, yeah, Cassie kind of gets an inkling at the end of the episode, but that's all they really talk about
1: it. Yeah, it's never brought up again.
0: Yeah, but it is, it is still a very weirdly sweet episode.
1: Kind of the more infamous episode of the season is the pizza episode.
0: Oh my god, that episode is so weird. Um,
1: Like, it, one, it was one of the ones that actually hinted at that Diva Talks actually might have been raised evil. Because uh, she, she basically she starts, she has this transporter gun and she starts testing it out and it reflects, like a rock reflects off and hits her and she's gone. And the other's are like, oh what the fuck do we do? We gotta find Diva Talks, da da da. And she ends up losing her memory and going to a pizza joint and getting hired because she she couldn't like pay for her food. Causes mayhem her own way. Meanwhile, like there's Carlos and Justin playing, and this is when Rico's introduced, and they go to the pizza place and everything. And then uh, they they all want like the monsters all decide they're gonna go order pizza, and so you see them how they order pizza. So yeah, Porto in this weird like drag outfit come to the restaurant and like pick up the pizzas, and it's just this weird thing of like hit like constantly missing each other. Uh, also the sub like plot where Bulk and Skull or like. The pizza deliverers and they're not delivering the pizzas and everything and basically the monsters try to get Diva Talks back so they make a, a, a monster out of the like pizza box mascot. It gets real weird, guys. Oh, so weird. They get baked into a pizza and TJ goes, We're gonna toss your salad. Yeah. I don't I don't think the writers knew what that meant. Uh yeah, I don't think they did either.
0: And something we speculate on this, this season is like, does Angel Grove econo- Angel Grove's economy just
1: suck? Yeah, like well first off you have like bulk and skull not being able to find any substantial work. Right. Like they can't even be stock bo- like like warehouse boys moving moving boxes around. Like there's no work for them. And then like Justin's dad comes back and there's this whole thing of like Justin's dad having a job in Angel Grove and like you said, like a few episodes later Justin's dad is interviewing for another job. He completely lost it. I'm like, how did he lose a job that fast? And we know Justin's dad isn't a bum or anything. It's just... What happened? Yeah. And uh, Angel Grove seems like it's a suburb area. It's adjacent to a bigger city. Um... Even though it's, like, there's skyscrapers in it, it's fucking weird. It's Power Rangers. They don't understand how city and suburbia work.
0: They really don't. Um, I don't think they understand anything.
1: Nope. So, it's just, Angel Grove just has shitty economy because the writers forgot. Writers couldn't figure out what to do with Vulcan Skull. And also, like, doesn't Justin's dad have a job already? Ah, screw it. We need more tension.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, and it was just, like, there's, like, the season was just a lot of silliness, um, with conflicting writing, and no build-up to anything, and, um, you, you noted Car Ranger kind of played a part of it as well?
1: Car Ranger is kind of a silly season. Okay. Um, a lot of people kind of consider it a parody season, um... I think when we looked it up, it kinda of sounded very mad maxi, but uh, you know, fun for kids. Right. So, you know, it's a it's a weird car season that involves, you know, biker gangs and stuff. It's 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 super weird. And you're trying to translate that to a serious season with writers conflicting on whether or not they want to write a serious season, and you see this through like the more serious episodes or something very goopy and campy like with you know like you see with diva talks so it's kind of weird
0: yeah and there was such a weird tonal shift towards the end of the series like it started kind of coming together a little bit but they had these weird like psa episodes yeah you know about like don't take steroids like don't fight over boys kind of along with the weird, like, vampire and dog episodes. And so, like, but at the, and then on the further, that tonal shift, you have, like, this, re- like, this entire season is so goofy, but then, like, they have a serious-as-fuck ending. Yeah. Those last two episodes, it's like, holy shit, are the Power Rangers about to die?
1: Yeah, so, like, it's like, you're, you're just used to just going along, going along, having silly stupidness. And all of a sudden it's like it just shifts and we actually get an ending and um, one of the things that kind of led to it is like behind the scenes changing the rangers helped with ratings apparently. Mm -hmm. And it upped the ratings enough to get the in space arc. And so they basically wanted to set up the the arc to go into space. Okay. Okay. So, they, they just had this very serious plot of all of a sudden, like, Zordon gets captured on Altar, and then Divatox blows up the base, and then, like, you hear about this other entity called Dark Specter that Divatox is afraid of, uh, and she, she buggers off to Altar, and it's, like, and the, the rangers essentially go off and, like, have this, they get depowered and go off into space to try to save Zordon, Yeah, so there's,
0: like, definitely more stakes here than there were at the end of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Season 3. Or Zeo. Or Zeo. I mean, especially, like, more than Zeo. Yeah, but go on about Season 3. Because, like, Season 3, like, it it ends on a serious note. Like, the ranger base gets destroyed. They lose their powers. They don't know what's going to happen. But, like, even then, it didn't feel as dire as it does now between... Not only losing the base and losing their powers, but like their greatest ally, uh, Zordon, has been captured, and like and they are light years away. They've also lost their main ally, like Demetria and Alpha Six. Well, no, they have Alpha Six, but like they lose Demetria as well. And like since they destroyed the tube, she can't come back to Earth. Yeah, and neither can Zordon. Um, so like they are kind of up the creek. And it's like, holy shit, what? <laughs> On top of, like, the introduction of Dr. Spectre. Yeah, so, like, you, so you know that there's a greater force of evil out there that even Diva Talks, who's, like, relishes being evil,
1: is afraid of. Yeah, so, like, at least it had an ending. <laughs> yeah, unlike, unlike Zeo. Yeah. Which was just like, it's over!
0: <laughs> My god. All right, so, uh, what's our final verdict?
1: Oh god, why did you forsake us? Why? Why? I'm like, I tried to go into this because I didn't hate Turbo as much, but like trying to analyze it, it was just like. <laughs> yeah. We didn't enjoy this season at all, minus Diva Talks. It, it really is terrible. It's just flat writing, flat characters, flat everything, only raised more questions than answers. It also just felt like when I was younger and even watching when I was younger, it felt like a spin in the face towards older fans by having everything switched up with no build up. And as I'm older now, I'm like, wow, you just it's just shitty storytelling that you had no build off to shuffle these characters off and building a new team.
0: Yeah, Um, and I can't eek for spitting in the face of older fans, but it definitely felt like it spit in the face of my sanity. There was no character development, no real plot developments until the end, and just it was just mind-numbingly bad. I wanted to not believe it was this bad, but it really was this bad. I mean, at least we had diva talks. Viva la
1: diva! Viva la diva! And that concludes this episode of Ranger Splane. We have several people to thank for helping us out, including our brand new, 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 uh, new, new um, music, uh, intro it's, done by. It's called a the, theme,
0: look, a theme song, Jay.
1: Right, it's it's called a theme, Jay. Your stupid, your your brain's mush. <laughs> um, by the the. Great and mysterious Kate Nix. You can find her at Twitter at iamkatenix.com dot com at iamkatenix and her website katenix.com where you can find her bandcamp merch and streaming. Those streaming shows include Lullaby Lounge Wednesday evenings at eight pm with Adventures in delphia on Saturday afternoons at three pm. As of this recording, she is taking a break, but these are her usual streaming times. Joe Hunter, again, for the Bitchin' Artwork. You can find him at joe Hunt, uh, Threadless, uh, JoeHunter.Threadless. Instagram at uh, joe Hunter, Twitter at Joe underscore Hunter. And his Patreon, Joe underscore Hunter. Uh, he is currently doing a comic with Lance Pitts called Beast Heart Strikers. It's a Toku-type comic. You might be interested in it. Uh, he technically took, like, took a hit with the COVID pandemic, so please support him. Kurt Yoder for the editing. Um, as of this podcast, we have uh, a lot of Pokemon to sell from a con that got was canceled. So go check them out on Twitter at the Great SG on our Etsy, which is Great SG Creations. Our wrestler of the podcast is Sugar Dunkerton. He's a fun man who does a lot of great work. Check out the podcast he hosts, Indie Till Infinity, as part of the We the Independent Movement podcast. Uh, they are trying to unionize, y'all. Also, has great shirts on pro wrestling tees. Uh, his Twitter is Sugar Dunkerton. You might have seen him currently on AEW wrestling, where Jericho is calling him Pineapple Pete. You wear a pineapple shirt one time.
0: Jericho being a dad. Yep uh but yeah definitely check out suge uh he's doing a lot of great work not just in aew but on the indies as well you can find me at gumroad on ash as ashley leckwald on gumroad uh basically almost just everything else uh, I am still taking tarot reading uh, bookings online on Twitter. And I do have my, my tarot Twitter um, at Mori underscore Raven, uh, even though I haven't really used it since the beginning of April. i am got to get back to that. I've also been making a lot of masks since, the, uh, since about the beginning of April with the COVID pandemic. So if you do need some cloth masks, uh, come hit me up. I'll, um, I'll have my store set up soon. And you just follow me on Twitter for that and I'll have more info then.
1: As of me, you can find me on Twitter at sins, uh, numeral two, uh, hell. Uh, My Instagram is jjackets, as well as my cat Instagram, which I should probably update, witchcraft in cats. Uh, I I told about uh, our Etsy, which is, again, the great SG uh, creations. And my gumroad is jsswrites87. If you want to check out a steamy uh, comic about... Gay priests. Uh, as of Rangersplain, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Rangersplane. Uh, we also have a Patreon that we should probably get back to using um, at Rangersplane, and our WordPress is rangersplane.wordpress.com. And that's it for Turbo. Practice social distancing as we follow our Rangers into space with In Space! 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 space, space, space. space. Vaccinate your fucking kids and may the power protect you. Go! Go!